and welcome back to Building Better Basketball, the Basketball Australia Coaches Podcast. I'm Neil Gray, Community Coach Development Manager at Basketball Australia. In talking to coaches across the country, one theme is constant. Maybe not straight away, but eventually it comes up, and that's parents. It can be positive, obviously, but it can also be a problem that they're having. Here at Building Better Basketball, we like to try and give you answers to problems, so we reached out to someone working heavily in this space. In fact, attending to a key action of a future champion strategy specific to empowering emerging athletes and their parents, guardians, and carers, the New South Wales Office of Sport, in collaboration with our guest, sports psychologist Fiona McCarthy, has recently developed a suite of practical resources for parents and sporting organisations and personnel to support positive parental engagement. I'll put a link for these in our show notes, but let's let's get stuck straight into just having a chat. Welcome to Building Better Basketball, Fiona, and thank you so much for giving up your time this morning. No problem. Thank, thanks for having me, Neil. Parents, like I said, everyone has them. Every team um, and every coach of every team will have both positive and constructive stories, I suppose, about relationships. One of the phrases that you use in the in the resources I mentioned is building a bridge of connect rather than a gap of disconnect. Can you talk about some good behaviours and, and habits that, that coaches can adopt to, I suppose, start building that bridge? Yeah, sure. It's, uh, you know, parents play an integral part in, in sport and, and we need to value their contribution, uh, especially in junior sport. And, and I think um, you know, building this bridge of connect, as you said, rather than widening the gap of disconnect is really important. And we kind of follow a, a little bit of a plan of the best approach, B-E-S-T, and, and where that's basically looking at parents want to feel like they belong. You know, their, their, their kids belong in a team and they want to be part of a team and part of a, a network. So I think it's important for coaches to acknowledge and embrace that. But you know, there has to be boundaries. There has to be some role clarity. And and I think uh, giving parents information can sometimes just reduce the unknown, the anxiety, the the what if, the, the inquisitive nature. So I think providing them with the sense of belonging right from, from the start and, and acknowledging that they're an important part of this team, but there are boundaries and 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 classifying some role clarification of you know what what role they can play in, in the team as such in in order for the the whole team to function at its best the e in in, in that philosophy is engage and so i think coaches and organizations we try to connect with our parents engage our parents don't just uh, allow them to drop them off pick them up type of scenario and and again there's a, they are there are always boundaries but you know, providing them with um, information, uh, whether that be, and, and maybe asking them, what type of information do you need? Do you need information about, uh, you know, how to handle how to handle uh, success and disappointment for your athletes? Do you provide them with their expectations? You know, maybe have an information night where you, you know, give the parents, these are the expectations. This is how the selection process will happen. These are the aspects of uh, training, these are the times we're going to train. So giving them information, connecting with them and engaging with them is is super important and it's really important from the get-go. I think also really simple simple manners almost, Neil, to, to acknowledge their contribution and thank them for, for, 
you know, allowing their kids to to play this sport. And, and you know, often parents have to find that time and, and it's sport is time consuming for everybody. So, you know, acknowledging the effort that the parents are making to allow a team to happen uh, is really important. The, the yes in that best approach is uh, share resources, share some resources with them. You know, if, if, if the, the coach, the team, uh, the club has some valuable resources that may may be of interest have have a little hub where parents can go and uh, source that those those articles or that information and and upskill if you like and get get some you know up-to-date information on on um, various aspects whether it's nutrition physio psychology whatever the case may be just share the information and resources you have and the t stands for uh, you know get Give them your time. You know, I know time is precious and, and that might be a challenge for for some uh, coaches and I appreciate that. But get to know the parents, know their names, acknowledge them when you see them. That, you know, that that time of just saying, hey, John, how are you going, uh, is, is super important. Allow for formal and informal chats. So obviously when, you know, you set your boundaries and you don't want them uh, interrupting the the coaching session as such, but but you know allow them the time to if they need to speak to you they can and you know set out those rules and those guidelines so it's not interrupting uh, precious coaching time and you're not getting uh, they're not crossing the boundaries but you know everyone wants to be heard and I think it's important that we just allocate some time where where it's you know parent time if needed coaching time uh you know is required but don't ignore our parents acknowledge them and 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 allow them the opportunity to to um you know have an opinion uh, ask a question the opinion doesn't necessarily have to mean uh you know they're arguing about uh, or or challenging your coaching decisions because sometimes parents just want to be able to tell you that this is happening and look there's there's apps that lots of people teams use and I think that's a great platform you know it doesn't have to be uh time to for them to chew the coach's ear off just just an avenue an opportunity and and some of the coaching uh apps to to involve parents in communication is, is really important and I think coaches have to uh allow that to happen yeah I think there's so many um, things that we'll come back to that you mentioned there and, and a couple of other questions we've got coming up. But I think one of the most important things as a coach is when you're standing on the court and you look around, there's going to be there's going to be different types of, of parents and we all know them. There's going to be the ones that are almost using kids sport as a way to socialise with, with their own friends. And they're probably ones that you, you might not hear about until tell there's a problem perhaps but you, you don't ignore them like you say acknowledge them thank them for coming um then you see the ones that sit in the stand and follow every ball and live and die every shot religiously and they're the ones that perhaps you, as a coach you can utilize because they're obviously watching the session so can you empower them to do something can you uh weaponize their uh passion for counting missed shots and passes to do something in terms of recording statistics or something like that and then you have the the parents who are potentially current players or ex-players are basically itching to get out on the court and have a ball in their hands and, and dribble themselves and they're the ones that if you can set up some drills or things like that they can be utilized as rebounders or human cones or or something like that so 
like you say, there's like loads of different ways, like from a little thing, just acknowledgement and hello, through to actually utilizing them as as a tool in your coaching to to build that bridge that you talked about. Now, one of the things that parents have over coaches, uh, parents and guardians, sorry, I, I'm not uh, limited to parents, is that they see their child all the time and indeed they're often taking them from place to place and sometimes that can be uh, school to training it can be from training to another training for another sport or music or something like that and often we we hear stories all the time when sport australia do research around why people walk away from um sport and not basketball any any sport and it it can often be due to burnout both in sometimes physical sometimes mental sometimes emotional and sometimes the parents don't see that because they're so engaged with it sometimes they ignore it because they're so focused on making sure their kid has a healthy and active lifestyle that they perhaps overload them and you because again this is something that you talk about in the in the research water some of the early sign stressors that a coach might notice even in that small window that they have them that a, a player might be kind of um teetering on the edge of a burnout i suppose yeah that that's uh burnout is unfortunately neil a a growing problem uh and it's something that we really need to pay close attention to uh both parents guardians and and coaches i i guess th there's lots of signs but one of the biggest signs is, or one of the important things, if we just go back a little bit, is I think it's really important that parents, uh, you know, see their child not just as a sports person. So, you know, we, we tend to lose sight that they they should have other things in their life. And I think coaches, uh, I, I, I have always worked with the philosophy, develop the person and you'll develop the player. So I understand, in, especially in a team sport, that coaches have, you know, they have multiple people in, in their team, multiple players. So, you know, and, and time is precious. So they don't often get the chance to really understand the person. But taking time to engage with each, each person, each player that they have is really important for a coach to connect with them, uh, to, to understand their strengths and weaknesses, but to also notice changes in them. And this is the signs of burnout. So changes from the norm, you know, player X comes and they're normally here early and they're, they're, um, they're keen to, to contribute to the team. They're vocal, they're, they're positive. And if that changes, they start to become withdrawn. They start maybe to become angry because anger is what we see on the surface, but it, underneath it's it really stems from fear frustration or hurt or, or all of the above so uh so just noticing changes verbal non-verbal changes in behavior attitude effort is, is really important because it's not always a sign of burnout it's not always a sign that there's a problem but generally speaking if we if we shift from our norm and, and we hope that our norm is well balanced something's out of whack uh, you know, it, it might be tr something troubling that at school and maybe uh, pressure of exams at school. It may be nothing to do with basketball or their sport, but outside of, of their life. And, you know, kids always want to feel safe. They want to feel heard. 
and and they want to feel this this sense of belonging as well so coaches need to create that safe environment they need to if if they notice changes they need to ask now they may not get the answer straight away but they should make a mental note of i'll just check in and see how he is in the next few sessions um and and you know you don't want to do this in front of everybody uh you certainly don't want to ridicule them you have been lazy the last few training sessions your efforts no good you need to improve that maybe do that in a, in a little bit safer um environment for for the player to maybe open up and say yeah well you know what because sometimes emotions are on the surface and uh you know they they could get quite teary or, or quite embarrassed or or whatever so it's really important that we notice any changes from the norm um and and make sure that we allow a safe environment for that to be expressed and and uh, you know, really understand the person that you have. You don't have to understand every aspect of them, but, you know, what year they're in, um, you know, how how hectic school is, or is everything going all right with school? Just a simple question maybe to each player, um, you know, each, each session to, to just check in with them, so to speak, because when you check in and you have a benchmark, you can quickly understand is it, if there's any deviation from the benchmark. And, you know, burnout doesn't necessarily mean they have to quit the sport. So if we can catch it early enough, um, it could just be a bit of a break. It, it, it could be uh, some reassurance could, could just change the feelings that they have. Um, I really encourage uh, coaches and parents in particular to really try and be good role models and foster good balance in their life. So, Lots of people believe to be successful in sport, you have to eat, sleep and breathe your sport. And there's lots of research with uh, when you specialise, if you specialise, and, and that's that's another uh, another um, episode maybe of, of the podcast. But it's really important that, that people have balance in their life so they're more than a basketballer. Yeah, I mean, I've just this week... Um recording this on the 12th of January this week, I was lucky enough to um, go and hear Dirk Nowitzki speak, who's um, one of the best NBA players of all time and possibly in, in the top two or three best European players of all time. And he spoke very passionately about the fact that until he was 13, he was a tennis player, a handball player, and if anything, he was a basketball player third at that point. And then he... he grew and he had the unique situation in this house where his father was his handball coach and his mother was his basketball coach and then he played tennis for fun and he had to he said that he he was always going to keep playing tennis because he enjoyed it and it was more from a fitness point of view than anything else because it was an, an individual sport and the others were the team sport and he said he had that awkward conversation where he had to tell his father that he was going to focus on on basketball rather than than um, handball, um, but he said that that was the playing those three sports for up until he had to make a decision just through like the kind of time that he was able to commit to it. He said that was crucial, and he would have he encouraged everyone to keep that wide range of um, sport opportunities for as long as possible. And I think you can look at multiple athletes in multiple sports that preach the same message you only it's very tiger woods is is one in a one in a million both in a golf sense and also in a 
sports development sense where you have someone that has been so focused on one sport with laser level intensity for as long as he was to then make it to the next level. So, um, yeah, I think that's, again, that's not something that we are uh, expecting or encouraging coaches to go out and look for. But I think it's just, again, as you say, prevalent, especially coming out of the, the last two years where we've gone through that roller coaster of having access to sport, not having access to sport, being back into competition sport. Um, that can, that can, the change um, growing adults' perception of what they wanted to do with their time. So it, imagine what that's doing to a, a developing brain and a child. So yeah, just something for coaches to consider, I think. Yeah, ab- really absolutely. Important. And, you know, when, when, uh, a developing brain becomes can quickly become quite overwhelmed, a bit like a traffic jam in our head. So, you know, I, I call them mental pit stops. And and as as you alluded to, you know, having worked, been fortunate enough to work with the Olympic, uh, Commonwealth Games, world world international level players, uh, if I was to ask them what was the secret to their success and longevity in the sport. Um, pretty much all of them would say balance and I wish I knew it at 15 or 16. So I, I call them mental pit stops. And so having things outside of basketball, not, not even another sport, of course, another sport is, is, is not a problem, but, you know, music or the arts or creative or, or, you know, a- anything that, that, you know, can, is like a, a place for them to pull in, recharge their batteries mentally. Cause we, we recover physically eat well, sleep well, hydrate, et cetera. But what do we do for, for our brain? We, we go to school, we get that, you know, filled with information, the technology fills it more. We go to training, we've got to have a clear head. There's not a lot of head space left. We're filled with information. We need a, a chance to, to pull in and recharge. And sometimes that could be reading, walking the dog, et cetera. So just, just quickly also, Neil, um, for parents in particular with the signs of burnout if they're if they're looking for um you know how, how to how to catch that we've got to try to reconnect with our with with our kids and you know don't ever underestimate the little opportunities to do that and and you know often you may ask them well what's wrong nothing uh is, you know is, is everything all right yes you know you can tell me so especially um you know face-to-face communication is often a little bit uh, daunting. So, you know, it, it's okay to, as a parent to say, look, write me a letter, send me a text if, if you're having trouble telling me. You'd be surprised what you can also learn, Neil, of just saying, you want to come for a walk with the dog with me? And then they start talking. There's not face-to-face uh, contact, but there's just a safe place away from other siblings. Um, the car trip to school, and back is a really vital one that you may, you know, I, I know that I learned so much in that five or 10 minutes of just dropping the kids off at school. And I think if we can find as parents safe pockets of time where kids can offload their thoughts, their emotions, their confusions, where, where uh, you know, try, where, we're putting measures in place for, for the overwhelming nature of, physical, mental, emotional burnout to, to just be minimised a little bit. And, and I think that's really important. So one of the things that's probably going to come up on those walks, Fiona, is how they're reacting themselves to loss and disappointment 
in the game and that's going to be a big one for it's a big one for growing people um, who look to someone for support and reassurance in those moments and we're going to try and reverse engineer this a little bit because coaches have to deliver a message to numerous players in their team at the end of a, a, a loss or when something's gone wrong whereas a parent can be very individually focused because their main point of concern is their own child. What are some of the ways that parents should be communicating to their children in times of uh, loss and disappointment in a sporting sense? Well, first and foremost, um, a parent's love for their child isn't determined by their success uh, or, or, or diminished by their loss or disappointment and and so their identity their worth uh and and value to the parents shouldn't be affected by any outcome of any sporting um game or match or, or whatever sport they're playing so i think that's the first message uh that the the parents but they need to give this all the time you know that it needs to be a, a constant message that you know, I, I thank you for letting me watch you play. I love watching you play. I love watching you grow. I love, I love, uh, you know, seeing seeing you being challenged and how you uh, adapt to that challenge, rather than just uh, communicate with them in a positive manner when things have gone really well. Um, and I think we've got to remember when when we've uh, experienced a, a bit of a down day at work or whatever, we. We, we still want that safe place. We still want that constant in our life. And and it, conversation shouldn't be determined by whether we've had a successful day at work or not. And likewise with with, with kids. Uh, the other message for parents is, is, you know, these types of things will happen. It's it's a chance to grow. And I think it's really important for parents to be positive role models. And, and at times it, it can be a bit challenging when that loss or disappointment um may or may not have directly been as a result of your son's or daughter's playing ability um, and it could have just been related to somebody's opinion. So we want to ensure that we're teaching lessons for life. Sport is a beautiful vehicle to teach lessons for life. Uh, and and that's, so that's commitment, dedication, how to uh, maintain your values and integrity, especially in times of, of challenging situations. So as best we can as parents, we want to grab the opportunity as a positive one to help them grow and find out where their strengths and weaknesses are and and, and challenge them rather than blame. Uh, it, it's, it's easy to blame others, to blame coaches, to blame other players, to, to, to blame this. And, and I think, you know, kids develop mentally, physically and emotionally at different rates. So we need to make our our, our kids aware that, that uh you know, this is happening and uh, just hang in there. Your, your time will come and you have time. I think it's important that that we reassure our, our children that they do have time. They don't have to do everything and make every team by the time they're 15, 16, maybe even 17, 18, 19. They, they, that just doesn't happen. So you have time to achieve your goals. Uh understand that it's okay it's okay to be a bit frustrated it's okay to be sad it's okay to have mixed emotions and it's really important that you allow them to express that once they've expressed that and sometimes express that you know in their own space with or without you sometimes just having you sitting by them re maybe not even saying anything but just being there 
maybe a hug, maybe silence is what they need for just the opportunity to express it. They certainly don't need a, a massive critique from their parents. Um, once they've expressed that, once we've gone through, uh, you know, learning from your lessons and, and these challenges and these disappointments and having a growth mindset, then we refocus, we reset, you know, we, we help them uh, to, to think of a next challenge, you know, and, and, and I think it's also important to understand why the loss and disappointment have happened. Sometimes it's within your control, sometimes it's not. And when it's within your control, sometimes with the, the players and athletes that I've worked with, they've wanted it too much. They haven't had the balance like we spoke about before. They've, they've been too tunnel vision and, and it, that hasn't served them well. So I think learning from uh, what can we change to do things better um, is there anything we can change to do it better? Do we just have to keep soldiering on? Do we just, you know, I, I encourage them to, uh, where possible, get some feedback from the coach. You know, it's not an interrogation of the coach, but just to get some feedback. Where, where do you see the, the, the areas I need to work on? And we have to take that, um, you know, in a positive way. We may or may walk walk away agreeing or, or, or disagreeing, but I think it's important to get some information from them to see their perspective. Because as parents, we, we do only see our child um, and they're one person in a team. So I think it's important that we, we look at that. And look, there's lots of stories too where, you know, successful athletes have been overlooked in younger years and come back and, and represented their country. So it is someone's opinion and it's not like, oh, that's just your opinion. I'm not going to take that on board. We gather the information. We do with it what we like the information and we move forward. And we just remember that your children are the author of their journey. And, and in every book, there's a chapter that's uh, a bit confronting. There's a chapter that defined the story. And maybe this loss or disappointment is a, is a chapter that can define their journey. I think that's a really powerful way of, of shaping it as well for a coach. I think ultimately, especially in, in community basketball, where a lot of our coaches will be listening from, the, the million-dollar issue is around selection and playing time. And I think, as you said before, so many of these questions we could spend a whole podcast on. But I think this is the 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 key one that anecdotally the most feedback comes back to me or or how do I do this or what should I be saying on this or how do you do this and I think we'll talk a little bit about your thoughts about outcomes and, and communication and, and the best way to progress it when it all goes wrong but the most common thing that every coach that we hopefully have played a part in educating through the coach development process is that they are doing things for the right reasons and they're being fair and they're being equitable and they're considering the the wellness and the reasons for their athletes and they understand the level that they're coaching at and they have a coaching philosophy that is not only for their own development but also predominantly for the development of the team or the athletes that are working with because you can't coach a team of ghosts if you don't have the players you, you don't have anyone to coach so Ultimately, your philosophy has to be very much focused on how you're going to improve their outcomes and their enjoyment and their participation in the game. And unfortunately, you can only have five players on a court at once. And 
X number of players in a squad. So sometimes the, the squeeze happens and that's when the the passionate parents and even the, the non-passionate parents kind of will come to you, like you said, and they'll be the ones that are dealing with those feelings of loss and disappointment in their athletes. And they'll come to you and uh, as the coach and say, sometimes they'll do it correctly and they'll be very polite and well-meaning and just want to help their child work through uh, the situation and have that chapter in their book that is, this is the, the turning point or this is the, this is the catalyst for what's going to kick me on to the next level. But some others will approach it in a more aggressive or selfish manner, I suppose, as well, Fiona. So just keen on, on your thoughts. Again, seeing it in multiple sports at multiple levels as well, how you kind of see the issue of selection and playing time with parents. It's it's always a challenge. I don't think there's an easy answer, Neil. But I think the the topics that we've spoken uh, about today feed into each other. And I think if we go back to the very first question of the best approach, you know, getting these boundaries and and providing coaches with information early on about how things are going to be selected, how playing time's going to be uh, allocated, etc., is it's kind of giving a heads up and it's giving a, a framework for how the team's going to operate. Uh, look, I think all coaches and, and, and you know, the majority of coaches and parents have good intent. Sometimes our delivery is, is uh, you know, we can improve. And, you know, I think it comes from a place of passion, but we, we have to remember sports designed to have fun and it's not a throwaway line. And having fun doesn't mean we're not dedicated and not committed. And I think it's everyone's responsibility uh, involved in sport to create that environment where 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 the opportunity to learn, the opportunity to to uh, understand their place in a team, their role within a team, and um, you know sometimes that is coming off the bench. But you you have you have a beautiful insight that the players on the court don't see when you're on the bench. You know you, your your view of the game is different. So. You know, in every sport, there's been the, the impact player from the bench. Um, and so I think it's, you know, looking at the whole picture and, and you know, a, a basketball team is is like a jigsaw puzzle. It's, it's made up of many pieces of all different shapes and sizes. And it's everyone's role to put their piece in, you know, and, and sometimes five five pieces go in before another five pieces. But it's it's important that parents, coaches, players understand that if one piece is missing from that jigsaw puzzle, the puzzle's not complete. So whether you're the first person to put it in or whether you're the last person to put it in, uh, so that may be equate to the equivalent of a lot of court time to not much court time, you're, you're still a valued member of that team. And uh, your time will come. Your time will come where... Maybe those first five pieces shuffle up to another jigsaw or another team, and then you start to become, uh, you know, a, a main piece. But but not wanting to put the piece in and throwing it away. And I think, as I said, it's it's the coach's responsibility, the player's responsibility, and the parents and guardians' responsibility to understand the importance of each of those pieces, and 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 together they make a team. Individually, they the picture is nothing; it's just a piece. So I, I think setting up a framework at the beginning, 
sticking to that framework, running through that framework, continually giving information about the value of each player um, and what they can bring to the team. And, and, you know, one player's strength may be another player's weakness, but it complements each other. So I, I think it's super important that this communication, this connect uh, runs true and runs thick throughout the whole season rather than just, you know, selection of a particular team or you know come come the Friday night before before player plays are you know are selected for who's going to play on the Saturday or, or or whatever the case may be. Um it's not failure if you come off the bench. It's not failure if you don't get court time. Um and, and I think this importance of every piece of the puzzle um makes the the whole team makes the jigsaw is is an ongoing message that needs to happen. Fiona, thank you so much for your time. And I think we could have uh, kept going for ages and, and ages and talked into specifics and into many more aspects of not only psychology of playing and coaching, but also just the psychology of being a good person and, and communication and things like that. And um, to anyone listening that has enjoyed this, we do have plans, Fiona and I, to do a few more things where it can be a bit more interactive for coaches and any parents as well that are listening. I know a lot of you are actual parent coaches as well. So are probably listening to this with double, double value. Um, we are looking to, to do some things where we can have a, a webinar or something along those lines where Fiona can, can answer some more of your kind of pertinent questions. So keep your eyes open for that. We'll, we'll be working on that, but Fiona, thank you so much for your time. And I'm sure you've, given everyone lots to think about. Thanks so much, Neil, for the opportunity. I've loved chatting with you.